Good afternoon, Jay Bo here, living with strength and honor to be found at livingwithstrengthandhonor.com. And today I've got a, I got an interview for you. I'm sitting here with Mr. Andy Chapman, who is the assistant principal at Glasgow Middle School. And just to give you a little bit of a background, we sort of ran into each other on social media. And I saw that he was having uh, uh, different leaders, diff uh, 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 different people who had uh, success stories to tell, come to talk at his school to his middle uh, middle school boys. And oddly enough, I've always said my entire life, if I if money wasn't the object, I would absolutely love to teach middle schoolers. And Andy's made that choice, right? It's amazing. Uh, so I mean, like like sixth and seventh grade boys are can be so impressed. It's such a great time to catch them, and that's what Andy does. That's his passion. So um, I'll let him introduce himself to you, and hopefully, we'll share some of his story and how some of that relates with living with strength and honor and um, and really the honorable cause that he's chosen as his profession. So, Andy, tell us, uh, tell us, tell us who you are and uh, and your story a little bit. Well, thanks for having me, Jason. I appreciate it. Um, so grew up in Baton Rouge, born and raised, went to Sacred Heart, a Catholic school from third to eighth grade. And uh, as a boy at a Catholic school, you're either an athlete or you're nothing. So uh, I kind of. Are you the other people? Right. I'm, yeah, I was the guy. Or, you know, they had the they had the guys that played football that tried to fit in with the cool guys. Or you had the kids that chased each other around the flagpole. There you go. And I just stayed away yep. from the flagpole my whole life and kind of got athletic in the process. Um, and, you know, I, I played basketball in middle school. I was a terrible shot. I got to where I was good at everything except for shooting the darn ball. Except for the key. And, yeah, <laughs> well, you know, but then, like, my eighth grade year, I decided I was going to be the Dennis Rodman. I couldn't shoot. Oh, there you go. But I was going to be the defensive guy. So I got Just really – everybody. Yeah, I got athletic <laughs> and uh, had some success there. And then went to Baton Rouge High, and it turns out no football, baseball, or basketball. How about it? But I was always a real aggressive guy, so I got into wrestling there. And, uh, man, that was, like, the most – valuable important thing in my life high school wrestling and uh it really it's what forced me to make the grades to make it through baton rouge high graduated baton rouge high went and wrestled in college for a, a year for a juco national championship team uh awesome. ended up injuring my neck and uh coming back home and finishing lsu who's your coach there at baton rouge high? pat mahoney okay uh, yeah he was in my he was a couple episodes ago in my podcast and he has by far the most listens of, of anybody. I mean, that guy, he changed my life. He, uh, I think it was Halveston when I was there. Because I had the same story about Rich High. I wanted to do something else. That's all they had. So I started doing gymnastics. Okay. But I did theater. And the only reason I managed to stay at Baton Rouge High is because I wanted to do theater. Yeah. Otherwise, I'd have been gone. I'd have been. I'd finished my schooling at Tara for sure. Yeah, I wanted to be involved, so I just said, "Well, I better make the grades." It was the driving force as well. So yeah, well, and you know, Baton Rouge High, they, they're known for their their rocket scientists. They're they're really smart kids, but you got to work your tail off to get through there, man. And in order to do that, I did. <laughs> yeah, in order to do that, you have to find something that you're really passionate about that's going to allow you to work yourself through there. And and people think, like I said, everybody there's a rocket scientist. No, man, that's only about 25% of the people there. The other 75% of the people work their asses off yep. to get, you know, really good at their craft and realize that education is a big part of that. So uh, ended up graduating from uh, LSU 
with a major in history and secondary education, double major. Um, I knew I wanted to be a coach since I was 15 years old. I knew I wanted to be a wrestling coach. And uh, in order to get paid to be a wrestling coach, you have to be a teacher. I always liked politics. I always liked history. Uh, so that's the, the area I pursued. And, um, you know, kind of taught for about nine years. It really was a terrible teacher for the first five or six years uh, until I got sober. Was a good wrestling coach, but not the best teacher. Uh, got sober a little over 10 years ago. Uh, shortly after that, life got really easy because I had been working my tail off while getting messed up. And uh, was doing okay. Never lost a job, but uh, was just a, a crazy sob, you know. So and you, once I, you hadn't actually created any massive crisis based upon all that, right? So nobody wanted to put you in rehab. But right, right. Well, <laughs> maybe well, a few of them did. Man, man, <laughs> yeah, man, I had a stint here or there, but maintained a job the whole time, right? That's right. That's right. So, uh, and, and you know, the athletic. We'll get back to the athletic stuff in a minute, but the athletic endeavors throughout all that kind of kept me sober enough to, to maintain my life. You know, me and a buddy of mine, Frankie Caruso, he was a eight time golden glove boxer. We always used to say we fought to stay sober. Literally. We literally were fighters in order to right. keep ourselves out of too much trouble. Um, about six months after I got sober, met my wife and uh, we dated about a year and a half been married uh, a little over eight years now got a five-year-old little boy uh before we got pregnant and had the little boy i decided to go get my master's degree uh did that and i've uh, been in administration ever since and i just love what i'm doing man awesome so why did you initially choose education what, what was it because you wanted to coach and that's what else you had to do or did that shift for you so no it was, it was the coaching and it was the way my high school wrestling coach made me feel the connection that he made with me um i had a good dad man a great dad he taught me my work ethic and most people that know me will say man your work ethic is, is like nobody else's but my coach really taught me how to connect with someone and he inspired me to believe in myself you know he had these words that just allowed me to to manifest a future that i didn't know was possible before that and and it made me feel so good that i i kind of wanted to to make other people feel that way uh dan gable was the greatest wrestling coach of all time one of the greatest wrestlers of all time and he always said he said whatever you know when the key to happiness in life is whatever you want most in the world help somebody else to achieve it and that is the key to happiness so uh that's what got me in and um, I, I just been going at it ever since. So like, so, so you had this initial experience that drove you into education, right? Did you like the connection with your coaches and, and, and that whole idea? And you knew that you wanted to be a leader in that sense, a coach in that sense, an educator in that sense. But why have you continued? So I know a lot of people that will get into teaching, they love the idea of it. But then the practical application, the actual actual grind of teaching, which I know how difficult it can be, they end up moving on. They do something different or they will like uh, exercise themselves from normal teaching. They'll get into, uh, you know, uh, 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 some uh, corporate side of it or something. So just so that they don't have to teach all the time. So what has driven you to continue, not just to continue that pursuit, but even to go to, to the to administration level and then lead the kids that you do now? Well, you know, I, 
until I got sober, it was the athletic stuff was always, that was my big zone in life. That was my big focus that I did. But once I got sober, I realized like, man, we can make a game out of all this. And every game I play, I win. So I turned teaching into a game. My first year of being sober teaching, I was like, man, I'm going to treat this like a video game. I'm going to see how much I can win every round. And every round was every class period I taught with the kid. So I went ahead. I, I designed my whole curriculum for the entire year before the year began. And I had objectives every day. And every single day, I taught four periods. Well, guess what? I got to play that level four times. And the first time, I'd do okay, but I'd screw up here. And I'd write little notes down. And then second period come around. And second period, I'd get it better. But there was still that little that little push over the edge I could get. By third period, I'd darn near have it. And if I didn't have it by third period, by fourth period, I mastered it. And every day, it was like that. Every day, I was, I was serving kids. I was making the connection. I was forming real relationships but I was looking for the best version of myself every single day in education, something I had always done in athletics. And, and sure enough, after one year of being sober and being a good teacher, I was teacher of the year. My principal at the time pushed me. She said, you need to get into leadership. She actually pulled me out of the classroom, <laughs> made me a content specialist where I just taught and served the social studies teachers all day. Uh, and I had enough time at that time in my life before my wife was pregnant, we had already been married to go back and get my master's. And like everything, I made master's a game. I had my master's in 15 months wow. and, and moved into administration from there. And it's just, it's become more service oriented over the years. That's tremendous, uh, Andy. So you know, listeners to the, to the living with strength, and on our podcast, we'll recognize some of those themes, some of those ideas. Well, so what you did was you had like this big goal with your teaching, right? And you said that you gamified it, which is really great, especially for men, because we love to play games. And it just really helps us out, especially when you grow up an athlete, that kind of thing. Then it, again, making it a game makes sense to us. But what you did was you took your big goals, broke them down into daily objectives, which in living with strength and honor, we call micro-targeting. Right. So that you can't, you know, you're not going to think, well, what's your goal this year? Well, it's to educate as many kids in the greatest way possible. Stupid ass goal. That's a vision. Yeah. And it's a great vision to have, but it's not a goal because it's really hard to measure that idea, right? You have something measurable and it's really hard to focus on that on a daily basis because it's a long-term issue. Instead, you can micro target. You can say, right, well, daily today, I'm going to accomplish this thing today. And that's all you have to worry about. Then each with each successive class, you talk about changing things up, continue to pursue the perfection of that. We call that course correction. Yeah. So even though you had an idea and you had, hell, you've got a master's degree and a, a background, you knew what, what, what to do. You're still seeking to perfect the craft and, and, and perfect the delivery. Again, so you're course correcting, which is really um, exactly what we talk about inside living with strength and honor. It's really like exactly what we talk about on a regular basis. People want, people tend to want to focus on these really broad ideas and these vision boards and all that kind of like really, really big stuff. 
for me personally, it's impossible. I, you know, uh, they didn't diagnose kids when I, uh, with, with all the diseases that they do now when I was a kid. But it would have been A, D, H, D, L, M, X, Y, Z. Right. God knows how many letters they'd have had behind my name if, if they'd have done that in my day. So focusing is a fight for me. I've got to fight to stay focused on things. And I continue to learn and train myself. But having micro targets, smaller snippets of time and effort and, and targets, laser-like targets that I can hit, I can focus on that. Yeah, and that's and that's one of those things athletics taught me. There you go. You know, Same it's, thing. It's, we we got to win the week. That's it. You know, this week and, and you know win the session. You know, as an LSU fan, you know, Coach O always. You know, they ask him about you know winning a national championship. We playing Ole Miss this week. This all week is Ole Miss. That's right. That's right. And you hear it all the time. A lot of athletics. We're gonna play the game in front of us, right? We're gonna win yeah. the next inning. Uh, in, in jiu-jitsu, which which I'm which, um, you know I'm I'm new and horrible at, and I get my ass kicked every week. And every couple of minutes, right? So we have these three-minute sessions, uh, you know, over and over and over again each time I go. And each one, I'm clear to go, all right, this is a new fight with this guy. What happened in the last match doesn't matter, right? Whether I won or lost has no bearing on, on my on my moment in particular. That's all I can focus on is what I'm going to do in, in that situation. So that's really, really great. So you were talking about um, your athletic pursuits. And so how does that, you know, how does your current athletic pursuits, I think we've talked before about how they shifted, but how does that actually serve you to support you in your career purpose? So, uh, you know, I've always told people and I'm, and people that don't know me and haven't seen me, I'm a big guy. Um, but I always say, look, I've, I've exercised for mental health my entire life. I exercise for mental health, big muscles. That's just a side effect. That's just what happens when you lift every day for 15 years. It just turns out your body wants to remember that that, that strength and and keep it intact. So, um, but beyond that, it's allowed me to kind of always have a goal in front of me. And like you said about vision, my vision, my greater vision is to stay healthy all of my life because I respect myself. It is to model how to be as a man and to be your best man possible to my students and to my own son. Um, because one, one thing that we lack in education is we don't have a lot of people that are very attractive. And I know that sounds so superficial, but what is the first thing you see when you come in contact with somebody? You judge them based on their appearance and regardless of if it's good or if it's not good and if you're being superficial, it doesn't matter. It's what happens. It's the reality. We size people up. You know, I, look, my, especially I'm, teenage boys and girls. I'm married. <laughs> I'm married to my wife because she is a wonderful person, a wonderful mother, a loving wife, very yeah. considerate, very caring. That's why you chose to marry. But if she, that is why I chose to marry. But if she wasn't gorgeous, I never would right. I never would have found any of that out. That's right. It's interesting you say that, right? Because one of the things I that, that I that I've said often and complain about. And all my teacher friends are going to hate this. Sorry. But here's the truth is that I watch some of the teachers at AJ's school walk into school some days. And when I watch them, the way that they're dressed, the way that they're acting, their attitude, how they feel about themselves is, boom, it's clear and apparent, right? Yeah. And my first thought is, and you're expecting kids to respect you, to listen to you, to hold you in high self-esteem. And all you could bother to do was wear those stretch pants and that big, ugly sweater. Like, yeah. are you shitting me? Your hair ain't done. 
You don't look put together. You look like you woke up about two minutes before you had to leave the house. And you expect children to look at you and respect you just because you got the teacher badge. And it's my perspective that that's, that that shouldn't be the case. That here's the thing. Like we know kids, especially teenagers, they're little shits. And they're highly, highly judgmental. They live in that world. In fact, they don't even know yet how much they live in that world and how much each person, what they look like, the shoes they wear, the way that they comb their hair, you know, all those basic things are working, right? But they can sense when people have their shit together and took the time to put themselves together for a day of teaching. So, you know, my perspective about that, and I don't want, don't want people to misinterpret this because I'm sure that you sort of feel the same way. It's not everybody. It's not that everybody has to be the fittest human on the planet. It's that you have to you have to have it together. Right. Yeah. And 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 then going back to, I guess, the reason I've always I've always been an athlete because I've always strived to be great. And I've always strived to work towards something every day of my life in order to be great, because having those big goals helps me accomplish that vision of staying healthy. So yeah, I wrestled in high school. I set the record for the most pins in the history of Louisiana high school wrestling. Wrestled in college. We were junior college national champions. Got home, did a little bit of coaching. And if you look throughout my life, my slumps were when I actually was not pursuing a great athletic accomplishment. I got into fighting in my first year of teaching, uh, ended up being the main event in the PMAC in front of 5,000 people, retired as the number seven ranked amateur in the world, took a couple years off. And once again, in those couple years off, was in a slump, came back to doing jujitsu. Trained jiu-jitsu for a couple of years. Actually won a Grappler's Quest National Championship in it. Awesome. Uh, and until my back and my neck started hurting me, I, I stayed with it. It got to the point I have five herniated discs now. Oh. And uh, it was the, the grind was just a little too much <laughs> grind. Uh, went into bodybuilding. Did a bodybuilding competition. Won it. Hated it. It was the only <laughs> of all those endeavors. It was the only one that I hated. The diet was miserable. It was miserable. I thought it was terrible. <laughs> but uh, you know. Stayed the course with that. And then uh, as I've as I've gotten older, I've gotten into the triathlon stuff. And it's kind of like I call it my retirement sport. It is something I know that it's going to serve my body well instead of all the beating and banging that all the combat sports and the lifting did for years. Um, and it's it's part of my routine, you know. Uh, I know you believe probably in a good morning routine. Absolutely. You know, every morning I get up. I exercise, I meditate, I pray, and I read. And I got to do that every single day of my life. And and hopefully I eat and sleep. But those other four have to happen, right? <laughs> That's awesome. So, like, look, just to try to put to, to sort of put, put a button on this, and I want Andy to talk a little bit about, about his kids because I just had a great time with them. But so what Andy, Andy is describing is exactly the idea behind challenge by choice. And we talk about that on the podcast all the time. And it's really, really very simple. What he's saying is, yeah, yeah, look, I'm an athlete and I've worked out my whole life and I like to work out and I enjoy training my body and I enjoy being fit and I enjoy having those skills. But even a person like that can get bored and and give and stop and all those things right in that particular pursuit. So what Andy mentioned was he uses he creates a challenge for himself. He uses these targets. Says, I'm going to be this in this particular discipline. I'm going to be the. I'm going to be a great wrestler. I'm at, now. He's into running. He's working on a 
ultra marathon, which is running a hundred miles. So he continues to choose targets and he uses those targets as the leverage for him to keep training and to keep going. So even though maybe he's tired, bored, it's cold, it's hot, it's wet, it's dry, it's early, it's late, it's whatever the hell, doesn't matter. I have a goal that I want to hit and that becomes the leverage to, to get him to continue to pursue. It's exactly what challenge by choice is based on that idea that the more you set your own challenges, the 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 greater the the greater the metal that you forge in yourself to be able to pick things that you want to do and add to your life and go get them, which also enables you to be better prepared because you've practiced to handle the external challenges that will inevitably show up in your life, the unexpected things that occur. So we'll wrap this up, Andy, but just tell me real quick, two minutes or so, tell me about these kids, these young men that you're working with and what, what that's all about for you. Because, I man, I'd love to be in with them. So I have a program at Glasgow Middle School called the Strongman Academy, and it is, is nothing more than a 12 to 14-year-old version of what Jason's doing with living in strength and honor with you adults out there. Um, I look back and I'm like, man, I wish somebody would have taught me all these concepts when I was, and, and you know what? They probably were teaching to me and I wouldn't listen. <laughs> but a lot of these you kids. You absorbed a few of them through wrestling coaches and that thing like that, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so a lot of these kids, uh, they they're come from uh, less means than a lot of people. Um, most of them don't have fathers. And we, we're always looking for, as men, I believe we're always looking for people to mentor and to follow. And if we don't have good men in front of us, we're going to go run to the streets and follow the the guys that are cutting up and we're going to end up cutting up and we're going to end up in a bad situation. So uh, I just try to put as many positive men in front of them as possible. Uh, I have somebody come in once a week, spend an hour and a half with them, help them develop their lives. And uh, Jason came in and worked with them. And that was incredible. Uh, That was a real sit down classroom experience in which they got something that they could walk away with. And they had a plan. I get a lot of these athletes in at Ryan Terrio come in, uh, Jordy Collada, ESPN sports come in a lot of guys that are inspirational and they're, they're like, Oh, and they're listening to every word. And that's very necessary. And we love it. Sure. But I need some practical people to come in also and say, all right, this is what I want. How do I get it? Right. And Jason came in and helped them create a pure plan and path to get what they want by setting these micro goals that he talked about, these little micro targets to work towards goals. And a lot of them are working towards it. And it really, beyond that, I don't think I told you this yet, it made me kind of refocus how I want to do strong men. As much as I want the inspirational big name, I say big name, like Jason's not a big name, but these big name guys that come in. Just five letters. Yeah. Right. <laughs> no doubt. Um, so I want more of that classroom setting where like, guys, these are the skills and this is how we acquire those skills. And you've really made me re-examine my curriculum and say, hey, maybe once a week we get the the superstar that's done all these things to come in and inspire but the, but the other day of the week, let's do the classroom stuff where these are the nuts and bolts. This is how we accomplish what we want to achieve. 
That's look, that's the practical, tactical solution that I'm always talking about on this podcast. And that is that it's great to get motivated and inspired. But if you came to this podcast to get motivated and inspired, you came to the wrong fucking place. You just did, because that's not my business. It's not my thing. It may be inspirational and it may be motivational, but that is not my goal. That's not my purpose of this podcast. This podcast is to share practical, tactical solutions that you can actually deploy rather than just get excited. Because I know for me, I can get very excited. I lived on emotion for most of my life. And I also know this, emotion fades. Yeah. Motivation goes away. Excitement wanes. All of those things are not long lasting. So to have skill sets, develop the skill set of actually being able to have a goal and figure out a way to do that, begin to make that a habit, a pattern in your life, some steps that you know how to apply to anything that you choose. That's key for me. So, well, and it's like every day, you know, you say every morning, I told you my routine, I exercise, I meditate, I pray, I read. That's my, that's my inspiration. That's my motivation. But guess what? That's two hours of a, of an 18 hour day, man. I got to go ahead and work the next eight hours and work hard. So that morning routine, it, it conditions me to work my best. But what am I doing with they, those eight hours? And Jason's really helping us figure out how to make the most out of those eight hours every day that, that are ultimately 99% of the result of what we're going to get. That's awesome, Andy. Thank you so much for your time, brother. Appreciate you coming in and doing the podcast with us. Uh, Andy's got a podcast as well. What's it called? Uh, Strong Men. Strong Mints, you can check that out. It's on what Podbean and Anchor and iTunes, and you can kind of find it everywhere, right? Yep. So cool. So check him out. Listen to his podcast as well. And uh, hey, thanks for tuning in. I hope we had some impact for you, and I really hope we get a chance to work together in the future. But until then, have an amazing day and strength and honor to you.